Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,962. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm just a little north of my home in Gig Harbor in uh, Cobble Hill, British Columbia, beautiful part of Canada, with a very special guest by the name of Cole Sorensen. Cole, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's go, Mark. All right, we're going to have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your world, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Cole? I had a huge fear of public speaking. I absolutely hated it and uh, used announcing and, uh, you know, the platform of podcasting and stuff like that to uh, help get over my fear of public speaking. So now that's uh, one fear ticked off the box now. Wow. Well, my hat's off to you because I've read things that public speaking scares some people more than death. And <laughs> and, and I kind of get that. But when you do what you and I do every day, you get more and more used to it. So let me ask you this for anyone listening out there that might have this concern or this fear. What are a couple things that you did, like when you got in front of people that helped you overcome that fear? I think just doing it more and more, it progressively kind of got rid of the nerves. Um, I know when I first started announcing, I volunteered for a bunch of different other clubs as opposed to, uh, you know, just the the racetrack announcing to try and do some PA work where there might not have been as many spectators. So you can kind of make your mistakes and not really care so much about putting yourself out there and, and getting just the reps up and constantly practicing with it. It uh, The first year was a little bit rough. And then as I got, you know, going and just kind of pushed myself through it, it uh, I became way more comfortable with it. And now it's, uh, it's fun. But I, I get that because Rick Mears who it's actually his birthday today while we're recording this four time hey, happy birthday, Rick. yeah he said in one of his he was doing an interview one time and he said i think it was the last year that he won the indy 591 that when he passed michael andretti on the outside of turn one after he did that the last few laps he was thinking about how much he was going to dread doing the victory lane interview since he won it for the fourth time and how much press he was going to get that's how <laughs> scared of public speaking he wow. was wow yeah. well you know it's like anything doing it over and over repetition uh, i know some podcasters that have gone to teachers people that help them speak uh coaches and so forth that help you with that i i don't know about you cole but for me since i edit my own shows just listening to myself over and over which i don't think anybody likes hearing themselves unless they're politicians that you learn to be a better speaker that way you stop doing some of the uhs and uhs and stutters and whatever all the different things that people do in normal speech that they don't think of that you and I catch on. Do you find yourself when you listen to other podcasts now or you even speak with people, you're editing in your brain all the time? I do that. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I'm a video journalist is my full time job. So I, you know, shoot, edit, voice, all the stuff that goes on uh, on the news. We do a happier segment during COVID called The Upside. And like, even when you're on a shoot, you're thinking about how you can put together the story or, ooh, that sounds like a good audio clip. And I think just listening to myself every single day, you definitely 
sorts out some things where you're like, I should probably stop doing that. That's really annoying. So yeah, that that's helped out a lot. Yeah. There you go. I love it. Well, you've got a great speaking voice. So uh, we're going to have some fun here today, no doubt. Cole Sorensen has been a lifelong fan of motorsports in all forms. Since the age of 14, he's been the track announcer at Victoria, BC, Canada's West Shore Motorsports Park, formerly known as Western Speedway. The facility's Western Canada's oldest continuous running racetrack. Cole's work at the Speedway paved the way for a career in television, and he currently works as a video journalist with Czech TV and tries to fit in as many car-related stories as possible, at least without his boss getting too angry with him. His latest project is Czech Sorensen Speed Talk podcast, where he interviews a variety of different guests from around the province of British Columbia with connections to motorsports. So I'm talking to a fellow podcaster today. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsor, so give him a little love, and we'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft. Too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YAH, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, yeah 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Cole, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner since you're used to being around racetracks and talk about this career path for you. Kind of walk us through what got you here because you shared the fact that you were nervous about speaking and you just started doing it. And it sounds like that led to a career which led to another career in television, which is very cool. And obviously, too, you love motorsports. So grab the wheel. Yeah, I um, well, first the voice dropped in middle school. So that helped out a lot. Uh, and then... <laughs> People would uh, kind of coax me into announcing and, and hosting kind of things around the school. And I had always loved going to the racetrack and Western Speedway. 
uh, is my local short track, Oval. I went out there for a race, saw the announcer at the time who was doing the announcing. His name was Rocky Horn. He'd been doing it for 32 years at that point of the races. Wow. So I walked up to him and approached him and was like, hey, I want to do that. And he went, oh, good timing. I'm retiring at the end of this year. So that led to me following him around for a summer, seeing how he did things. And we have a Hornet series out at the racetrack, which is Civics and Tegra's cheap, you know, a cheap entry form, almost the Spec Miata style uh, of, of oval racing. So they race on Wednesday nights. So they brought me out and I started doing the announcing for that. And that led me to uh, helping out on Saturday nights. And when Rocky retired, I got the full-time gig out at, uh, at Western, now West Shore. And I've been doing that ever since, going into my, I think, seventh or eighth year of doing wow. it now. Wow. So. The lesson here is if you want something, ask for it. Yeah, definitely. That was the, the big thing was getting over the hurdle of asking for it. And the timing was a huge part of it as well. But then through the racetrack announcing, then people were like, oh, you should go do TV or do radio or something. So I looked into that. I uh, went to broadcasting school over at uh, the British Columbia Institute of Technology in Vancouver. They have a broadcast and online journalism program. Mm -hmm. Did that and then got hired at uh, our local TV station, Czech News. And I'm, as, uh, as I mentioned before, the video journalist for Czech, where we cover you know positive stories during COVID so that we're not you know constantly burdened by the pandemic and everything else Thank that's you. happened in the world. So yeah, it's been a nice break. It's been a lot of fun working on that segment. And yeah, back at the, the Speedway started back up in June, I believe, of uh, this year. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that again on the weekends. And during the pandemic, started up the uh, the Sorensen Speed Talk podcast. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Because as if you weren't busy enough, you decided to add that to your repertoire. And uh, I know you and I got connected and uh, I'm going to end up being a guest on your show at some point in time, which I'm very honored to be, which will be fun. So tell our listeners more about your podcast. What's it all about? So I started it, uh, I had a podcast before this where uh, it was called Short Track Radio, where I did it with a buddy and we kind of just Stuck around and talked to people from the local short track racing scene here on the island, which is pretty extensive. It's actually produced some pretty big names and people that have gone off to do quite a few things uh, in the world of, of racing. So I had done that and kind of wanted to branch out and try and include other forms of, of racing in BC. And Czech had just started up kind of a podcast wing of its broadcasting so they had the studio. I asked if I could use it. I knew how to do the editing and recording stuff from BCIT. So as soon as our podcast producer tech heard that he wouldn't have to oversee this, he was more than happy to give me the uh, the booth time. And uh, yeah, just started interviewing people from uh, from around BC, drag racing, oval track racing, road racing, custom car building, restorations. And I think we've, we're up to 23 episodes since May. So I try and release one once every week or once every two weeks, whenever I can try and fit in some uh, some time in the schedule between the uh, journalism stuff and you know now the race now that the racetrack's not quite running during uh, during the winter, I do have a little bit more time uh, time to with the podcast. So we're going to try and crank out a few more episodes. But uh, we actually had a shared guest in uh, Carlo Flores, actually. Carlo did the uh, La Carrera Panamericana. Oh, so yeah. he's he, been one of our guests. Yeah, he's cool. You know, uh, he was fun to talk with because I'd had Renee Brinkerhoff, who uh, was one of the first women to race in that before. She's now down uh, in the 
the Antarctica racing her 356 Porsche as we speak uh, to finish her seven continent tour. But Carlos was fun to talk to taking a GT40 replica. I know it's, a, I think it's a super performance model, but taking that down and racing it sounds like he's having some fun. So you and I get to talk to some really cool people. Is that what you like a lot about the podcast aspect and even the TV that you do is the interaction with different people? Yeah, on both sides, we, uh, you know, you get to talk to some pretty interesting people on a daily basis with, you know, the journalism stuff as well as the the podcasting. You know, cars are my passion and motorsports is my passion. So it's almost uh, another layer to the, the, the journalism side. And the other thing is when you're on a TV shoot, you have about, you know, 20 minutes, bash out your questions and have to run back and have it all together. But the podcast is a nice, more kind of long-form discussion where you can actually sit down and ask the the questions that you want and you don't really have a time crunch to to get it done by. Now, where'd your passion for motorsports and automobiles come from? Uh, my dad, I'm actually, uh, I know you won't be able to see this on the, uh, the podcast since it's audio only, but... I see a whole bunch of models there behind you. You can't see the, the uh, actual labeled shelves of hot rod magazine and rod and culture and rodders journal magazines so he's been into cars and into racing sprint car racing is kind of his thing and drag racing so that's what i grew up watching and you know on the island we're fortunate at uh at western and west shore to have a very prominent pavement sprint car racing scene which is kind of different to uh, dirt racing which is what you normally see with with the sprint cars but yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, watching pretty much every single racing series I could imagine with Speed Channel, you know, anything racing related that was live, I pretty much tuned into. And then by the end of it, I was a fan of Wind Tunnel with Dave Despain. So, oh, yeah, yeah, all of their all of their programming. That's kind of what uh, what I would watch and really wasn't into too many other forms of sports. So I was like, well, if there's more forms of auto racing, which there are plenty, uh, I'll just get all uh, in depth into those as I possibly can. And that's kind of what has led to uh, this love of racing. Well, you know what's cool? You're a young guy. The fact that there are so many opportunities now for people like us who love motorsports, cars, whatever it is, to put ourselves out there in front of people in a relatively easy way between podcasting, YouTube, uh, Instagram. And there's all these mediums that you can go out there and put yourself forward and be involved in the industry. And it just keeps growing, multiplying and layering. If there's one of your favorite aspects of what you're doing right now in your career, what would it be? I think it is the just a chance to get in the door and, and talk to the people that I've you know wanted to chat with. Even on our podcast, there have been some people that, you know, I grew up watching them either race or heard about them race and finally getting to hear some of the stories behind what was going on when I was watching them, uh, you know, out at the racetrack. There are a few guys, a guy called Glenn Bray that had a 66 Acadian Canso that ran at Mission Raceway Park, which a Canso is basically a Chevy Nova shell from the 60s with Pontiac running gear in it, mm -hmm. made by Acadian up in Canada, a division of Pontiac. So I got to talk with him. That was one of the fastest streetcars in the Northwest for a while. They had a series called Border Wars where they run up and down the West Coast and, and race with him. And through that episode, I got to talk with uh, his arch rival in that, you know, Border Wars series called Don Murray, who had a 56 Corvette that uh, used to be owned by 
the bass player for Bachman Turner Overdrive, Fred Turner. There's a band from my past. <laughs> yeah, so he, he got it off of him and uh, painted it green, and he ran that thing deep into the seven-second range at 180 miles an hour on wow. DOT tires in the early 2000s, so even before you know Hot Rod Drag Week or any of that kicked off. So yeah, that was that was cool to get both of their perspectives on each other and and kind of the, hear the the backstory behind behind that. So yeah, just having the opportunity to uh, to hear about all this stuff that you know interests me at least, and as I've been putting it out, turns out uh, interests other people as well. I know it's so much fun. You know, I had Don Prudhomme on my show a few weeks ago, the drag racer, and I used to build models of his cars back in the day. Same with Don Garlitz, who was a guest on my show years ago. And I'm thinking, you know, when I was a little kid. I used to go see these guys race and I built models around their cars. And now I'm sitting here talking with them. Sometimes I have to kind of pinch myself. Some of the amazing people I get to talk to, uh, Vic Elford, who's raced every 917 that there ever was to race and all these different people. And you go, wow, this is pretty interesting. So there's so many opportunities for enthusiasts like you and I. Let's talk a little bit about your driving inspirations. Uh, somebody in your life who's been a key mentor, uh, a huge influencer to you to help you get to where you are today. Who would that be? I, I think my dad, obviously, for paving the way to uh, for the love of cars. And probably the guy that helped me out a lot, gave me my break, was guy called George Wade, who uh, was the general manager at Western. He's the one that wound up kind of hiring me and talking with Rocky and taking a chance on a 15-year-old as his <laughs> track announcer. For it's incredible. Yeah. Car, yeah, for car racing in front of 3,000, you know, 3,000 to 4,000 people each weekend. So yeah. I don't think there's many people that would have been like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Let's give it to this kid. What's like I'm throwing, sure throwing you to the yeah. deep end of the pool. Holy cow. Yeah. So that was kind of, that was my training was, uh, you know, Rocky would hand over the microphone and be like, I'm going to go talk to my friends and figure it out. Yeah. This is the timing and scoring <laughs> system. And, you know, this is how you turn it on. This is how you turn the music on. Listen to me and see if you learn anything. So yeah, uh, Rocky was a big part of it too, where he, allowed me the space to to do my own thing and you know was was helpful at uh, at the start as well very very cool so if somebody out there is listening to you today and they go that's what i want to do that sounds so cool what are some pieces of wisdom you would offer to them so they could find a career path in that direction um i think just try and take as many opportunities as you can don't really say no to anything and if you know if you're talking specifically broadcasting the opportunities are really small so you know if Persistence is uh, persistence is key. So you know, just getting your foot in the door and making connections with people and not burning any bridges is a huge part of it because it's a very small industry, motorsports and broadcasting as well. Everybody kind of knows everybody or has a six degrees connection with someone. So just being there, being present, and making sure that people know who you are because you can't really sit around languishing that you're not getting an opportunity when the person that could give you the opportunity has never a heard of you or you've never made the, you know, the op offer to or extended the, uh, the branch out to try and, and make that connection and, and let them know that you're there. You know, I had a, a veteran, uh, Lee Diffie, who, of course, has uh, announced Formula One. One of my favorites. He's a great yeah. guy. He was a guest on the show. And he said very much 
similar to what you said when he was on this show about all those different things. Don't burn bridges, take opportunities, do things, get out there, be in front, be around, be present. Uh, and you look at him. I mean, he continues. I mean, he does the Olympics. He does racing. I mean, he's just all over the place. Of course, he's got that great accent that you and I don't have. So yeah, he, he started, I listened to a podcast actually with him. There's a, this has just turned into a, a podcast about podcasts, but yeah, <laughs> there's a really good one down in Australia called Rusty's Garage with another Australian yeah. broadcaster. And I really like the Australian racing scene with V8 supercars yeah. and their sprint car racing scene is during the winter, which works well with our off season. So yeah, he started, I think he moved to Sydney or moved somewhere in Australia for an opportunity, you know, announcing motorcycle racing or supercross or something and that led to him announcing the world superbike championship and then the v8 supercar series and then the speed opportunity so yeah that that's a pretty good indication of just being there and and not being afraid to uh to take opportunities that are that are handed to you there you go there's some great words of wisdom let's take another short break we come back i want to talk about a big challenge so keep that thought in mind keep the seatbelts on we'll be right back linkage it's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. So Cole, let's talk about this. Uh, one of the big challenges you bumped up against, you already talked about fear of public speaking and you thought, oh, I don't like to speak publicly. I think I'll go do that for a living. Well, that's a pretty big challenge to overcome. But is there something else that you came up against that was a huge learning lesson that you could take positive or forward in a positive way? I'm actually still pretty shy. Um, so that was a big thing is getting out of my shell and just asking initial questions and, and trying to talk with people. I know all throughout, you know, high school, I was kind of more on the quiet side. And then once I started doing the announcing stuff, that kind of helped me get out of my shell. So once I kind of shed that and learned to 
talk and interact with people, that was a, a huge thing to get over and, and a big part of helping me, you know, get to where I currently am. You know, I had a guest on the show years ago that talked about getting over shyness. And one of the things she said was how I got over shyness was learning to ask great questions and then listening because everybody loves someone who listens to them. And most people, and you've learned this as a podcaster, I have too, is not to anticipate the answer, but to stop and really be present in the moment and listen to the person. And that has helped. I've given that advice to other people who've been shy. Yeah, that's something that they teach you kind of in journalism school is not to interrupt the person or just constantly be going, yeah, yeah, throughout their answer. If you just, sometimes silence is golden. You know, sometimes the follow-up question as a result of their answer is 10 times better than your initial question. So really being in the moment and actually listening to the person as they're talking is a, is a huge part of it and not interrupting because in an interview situation, if you're the interviewer, you're normally asking the interviewee because they're a whole heck of a lot more interesting than you are in, in that situation. <laughs> no offense, Mark. But uh, <laughs> None taken. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it. I'm, I look at my podcast when I'm doing an interview, like nobody wants to hear from me. They are tuning in because I have so-and-so on the show. So, uh, you know, I'm going to let them talk and have the floor because it's their time and they agreed to, to give their time. You know, that silence comment is another great one. And they teach you that when you're negotiating, especially in business, is to not respond sometimes. Or when somebody's speaking and they do that pause, don't say anything. And then that awkward pause will enable them sometimes to release more information than they really wanted to. So silence is certainly golden at times, right? Yeah, you'd always, uh, especially when you're doing the the interviews on TV, you always leave a little bit of dead air from when they stop the answer and you ask the next question because sometimes as you said they can just start up and say the exact same thing that or say the exact thing that you wanted them to say initially but you just didn't give them the time to uh to reach that point absolutely how about a bucket list thought on your future if you look ahead the next two or three years there's some bucket list items you'd like to accomplish i want to you know it might be farther down the road than two or three years, I want to be on the uh, Indianapolis 500 radio broadcast. I always love the radio broadcast and the enthusiasm. Mark Jaynes, I believe, is the lead radio guy for the IMS radio network. So, you know, him and his team are, are really passionate about racing and are, are huge race fans and their passion kind of shows on, on radio. And it's kind of fun because you have to paint a picture on radio instead of on TV where you're speaking to images. On radio, you have to kind of create the images. So that's something that uh, that I want to do. And, you know, maybe move into, into motorsports more on a, a full-time basis, whether it's, you know, PR, social media strategist, something like that, um, announcing, anything like that. That's kind of where I want to be. Very cool. That sounds awesome. Some of the great announcers really do what you said. They paint this whole story and they interject all these other things into announcing. And I'm always amazed when you listen to sports announcers at what they know. <laughs> how do you know all that? And how can you pitch all that out there so fast? And especially, you know, let's say racing, something you and I love announcing cars and knowing every car, every car number, especially like GT racing. Now, Formula One, any car, you kind of know the racers, but you get into some of these GT races and that guy, that guy, that guy, and all the little facts. And it's like, holy cow, uh, you got a lot of stuff going on in your head. Yeah, I know, um, especially in IMSA, where multi-class racing, FIA World Endurance Championship, John Heindow, or Heindoff is the 
the Radio Lamar announcer, and sometimes I'm amazed that he can keep track of who's in what car when, you know, at the Rolex 24, you have like five different drivers sometimes and everybody's switching in and out. Uh, yeah, it's that's definitely a talent and kind of thinking quickly is uh, is a huge thing. You almost have to think one or two steps ahead, even at like a short track racing level of what's going to happen to make sure that you hit your speaking points at the at the right time. Yeah, it's a chess game. Let's talk about your passion for cars for a little bit. I would assume you have a passion for cars aside from motorsports. Is there a special vehicle in your life? And if so, maybe share a story about that ride. So the street car right now is pretty boring. It's an 09 Honda Civic. But my first vehicle is uh, was a 93. I still have it. It's a 93 uh, GMC Sierra 1500 um single cab and we put a Belltech lowering kit in it it's just got the stock 305 in it but that was my first vehicle that i got to drive first vehicle that i had and i actually the one time i got to uh, autocross it which was something interesting trying to get a mid-90s gmc pickup around an autocross course but that was one of the highlights of that so. vehicle. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was fun and and getting to do that. And, you know, my dad spent most of the winter in the garage while I was doing my school thing, trying to put the lowering kit in it. And I remember kind of bugging him being like, so am I actually going to get to drive this my senior year or is this just going to be the, the constant project truck? But we, we got it together and it's, it's been a lot of fun. I get a lot of comments from uh, a lot of guys in their sixties and seventies wanting to, to buy it. Um, but it's, it's never been for sale as of yet. I don't think it, uh, it will be for sale. And that's kind of the cool thing is when people compliment you on your on your car and give you the thumbs up as you're driving around. That's what I've missed in the Civic. I forget that I'm not driving anything special and wonder why people aren't giving me the thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the other finger, but uh, not the yeah, thumb. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that once or twice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head and be your automotive psychologist here today. So sit back on the couch and think about this. If you were manifest as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be. This is the guy, the man you see in the mirror. What would you be, but more importantly, why? I think uh, the thing I always get, especially with my voice and my outside appearance, even though I'm 22, everybody's like, you still look 16. Paul Newman had a Volkswagen Beetle with a GT40 engine in it as his sleeper car, and he would drive around. So I think that, because uh, the reaction from people, especially when I first started announcing when I'd open my mouth, was uh, was priceless with all the pointing and looking up at the uh, at the booth. So Volkswagen Beetle on the outside, hopefully uh, GT40 not sounding too conceited or anything on the uh, on the inside, just for the surprise factor. Well, uh, yeah, kinda. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, back in night, uh, I was gonna say back in '96, I was in Germany, picked up a Porsche 911, and was on the autobahn, and this guy came flying by in a uh, that wasn't a jet, it was a GTI. But he was going mega fast. I'm like, what on earth? And in Germany, there's these little stopovers on the Autobahn. They're like, they're almost like little mini shopping centers. And he was in there. So we pulled in. I was with a friend and we stopped and went up and said, what's going on in this car? And he smiled. He had a 928 V8 engine in that thing. And he ended up getting featured in a magazine later. He had actually cut the car in half and widened it to fit the motor in there. And then while we were talking, he said, oh, you got to go over to the Black Forest and go to this place called the Rat House where these guys are taking VW buses and bugs and putting 930 Porsche turbo engines in the back of them. So as you shared that concept, GT40 engine, uh, I thought, okay, yeah, those are kind of fun, sleepers. So I think that's fitting. Nice answer. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun thing, and I think that was a Paul Newman thing because Jay Leno told that story, and he was Paul Newman was on the Tonight Show at one time, and he was talking about that how people would pull up next to him in a Chevelle, be like, "It's Paul Newman, look at that," and then he'd do a burnout in this Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> and just lay a pat. And he actually he had a Volvo, like a '90s Volvo station wagon, but he took um, one of the '90s like uh, five liter out of a Mustang with a supercharger on it and put it in the Volvo station wagon. And actually there's a comedians in cars getting coffee episode with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and David Letterman. Yep. And Paul Newman made one for him and one for David Letterman. So David Letterman's got this V8 powered Volvo station wagon. Yeah. That was the funny story with that was Letterman was like, yeah. So Newman phoned me up and was like, do you, uh, you want to, I'm making this Volvo station wagon with a Ford, you know, Ford performance racing engine in it. Do you want one? He goes, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Paul Newman, anything you say. Yeah. And he goes, do you want a huffer on it? And he's like, sure. And he goes, you hung up the phone and he's like, I had to go around the office and be like, what's a huffer? What's a huffer? What? <laughs> I, I saw that episode. Yeah. That was a pretty cool yeah. story. Yeah. How cool is that? So I know what a huffer is. Any of you listeners know what a huffer is? Make a comment in the uh, box below on the Cars Yeah website. Now, how about a great book that you've read? Is there one you'd like to share with the listeners today? There's one that I recently read, and it's actually kind of a Washington-based book. Uh, there's a guy called uh, Myra Slovak. He raced uh, unlimited hydroplanes. I think it's called A Race to Freedom is the title of the book. The guy that um, the, who's the director of the Hydroplane Museum, the Unlimited Hydroplane Museum in Kent, uh, was the author of it. But uh, Mira fled Czechoslovakia back when it was a communist country. He was a pilot, originally with the Air Force and then their airline. And he actually coordinated the hijacking of a DC-3 and flew to uh, West Berlin, and or Frankfurt, I believe. West, he flew to West Germany um, at treetop level so he wouldn't get picked up on radar and shot down by a MiG. And uh, got political asylum. Wow. And then Bill Boeing Jr. heard about his story and hired him as his personal pilot. And then when Bill Boeing Jr. back in the 50s hydroplane craze days, when Bill Boeing Jr. Uh, built a hydroplane called the Miss Wahoo, mm-hmm. he got Myra to drive it. And then he went on and won multiple races. And then he wound up uh, before he called time on his career winning the the. APBA Gold Cup, which is their Indy 500, and he won the uh, the Unlimited High Points Championship. And then he went had a career as a aero, flying aerobatics around the world. Wow! He actually sometimes would race the hydroplane and then get ferried to an airport and do the air show during intermission at the hydroplane races. Oh my gosh! Wow! Uh, yeah, so, yeah, just a really cool guy, and he. He won the first Reno Air Race as well. He flew a Grumman Bearcat sponsored by Smirnoff, owned wow. by Bill Steed, the guy that uh, started him back up. So he was involved in aerobatic flying, unlimited hydroplanes with no seat belts back in the 50s and 60s, and uh, air racing at 430 miles an hour around pylons. And sneak, yeah. And sneaking out of communist countries. So, yeah. wow. Amazing guy. Yeah. A lot of hydroplane stuff up here in the Northwest uh, for many years. I know some guys up here have collections of old cars and have a couple of those old hydroplanes uh, boats as well, which is very cool. I'm going to let you go on the ultimate drive today, Cole. You can pick any car. I'll buy any car for you. You can go with anybody 
living or someone who's passed, and you can be anywhere in the world. So with the open checkbook that Carja is offering you today, what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Right now, um, I'm going to get some brownie points here. Say the person I'm taking is my girlfriend. Oh, she like that. Smart man. Yeah, smart <laughs> move. Thank you. Yeah. I take a Nissan GTR. And then I'd go, not right now because half of it's washed out, but in the summertime on uh, BC Highway 3, which is called the Crow's Nest Highway. It takes you to the interior of BC, which is uh, Kelowna, Soyuz, Penticton, which is almost like a desert kind of landscape. It's like Yakima, Spokane, like a continuation of that up into BC. But you can drive from the coast, see all the trees, all the rivers and the waters, and then you see the Cascade Mountains go through there, go through a national park. And then you can see kind of the topography and the some of the trees changing and the landscape changes you drive through. And then you wind up in a desert atmosphere and a bunch of vineyards and wine country, Canada's wine country in, uh, in the Okanagan. That sounds like a very nice drive. Very cool. Of course, yeah. like Nissan GTR, that'd be pretty cool to do as well. And you could... You can even stop by the uh, Area 27 uh, Motorsports Park in Oliver, which was designed by uh, Jacques Villeneuve. It's a two and a half mile uh, private members road course, which is uh, outside of the little town of Oliver. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's a pretty, pretty special track, kind of one of the hidden hidden gem tracks in, in Canada. Do a couple laps there. Sounds like fun. Yeah. All right. Well, you've taken us on a fun ride today. And before I let you go, I wonder if you'd share some parting words of wisdom, inspiration, or success quote or mantra. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, have to see. It's, uh, yeah, just don't give up. Keep uh, pursuing your dreams and, uh, you know, you, you can make it happen if you have the passion. You know, I've had hundreds of race car drivers on the show, and since you're around track so much, I'm not surprised. Uh, never, ever give up. The old Sir Winston Churchill quote definitely applies here. So uh, great words of wisdom. Uh, don't give up. Keep chasing your passion. How can people follow you? Uh, if you look up Sorensen Speed Talk on Facebook, we have our Facebook page up where we post links to all the latest episodes as well as some Photos uh, from each guest kind of pass. You can kind of visualize more what we're talking about. Uh, also on Instagram at Sorensen Speed Talk. No apostrophe S in the in the Instagram handle. Same thing. We post photos uh, just so that people can take a look at various people and again get that picture in their mind as they're listening. Go to checknews.ca/podcasts and you can hit the Sorensen Speed Talk logo and it'll. Uh, give you links to all the different platforms that uh, that you can listen to on it. And unfortunately, this is going to be the last year for West Shore Motorsports Park coming up this year. It got sold to uh, a, a development company. Uh-oh. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are up uh, on Vancouver Island and Victoria coming out to uh, West Shore Motorsports Park for 2022, which will be the last year, I believe, the 68th or 69th season of racing there. Uh, and you can... Hear my hear my voice greeting you as you uh, as you show up and hopefully watch some uh, some great racing. There you go. So gonna turn it into an industrial park or a neighborhood or something. Uh, both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Unfortunately, uh, they did give two and a half million dollars to uh, to relocate the track or help relocate the track. So mm. I know that's uh, gonna be eaten up pretty quickly. So there's a there's a group right now kind of looking for different alternatives and you know we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah. 
You know, my guest last week was uh, Michael Allen, who's writing a book on Ontario Motor Speedway, Paradise Lost. And that racetrack, which is really, I didn't know it was a copy of uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, really, when it was built back in the day. And it was only around for 10 years, sadly. And then it disappeared. Now it's neighborhoods. So somebody's living on turn three, you know, in their little suburban house there. But uh, this happens to a lot of racetracks as cities grow. And then what was once out in the middle of nowhere is now in the middle of somewhere. And people don't like the noise. So there we go. We're sadly losing another one. Yeah, that's it. Pretty much exactly what happened with uh, with West Shore, you know, just the city of Lankford, which is a suburb of Victoria, kind of grew around it, and pretty much just the property value was so high that nobody from the racing world could really make a, a bid to save it, unfortunately. But yeah, Ontario Motor Speedway, as you mentioned, was a pretty cool place that was kind of ahead of its time, and it actually uh, beat Indianapolis as the first uh, place where an IndyCar did a 200-mile-an-hour lap, actually, which was uh, kind of backfired in Indianapolis's favor, but you know your history. Very nice. Well, I want to do a shout out to a mutual friend, Gary Foster, who connected me with Cole today. So Gary, thank you. Uh, he's introduced me to a lot of great people. So uh, really, really appreciate that. Cole, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your history. This is fun talking to a fellow podcaster. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure having, uh, pleasure, I almost said pleasure having you on my show, but that'll (laughs) come up later on. But uh, pleasure being on your show, Mark. Thanks. Well, I can't wait for that day to come as well. And I'll let you listeners know when I'm going to be on Cole's show. Just watch me on social media and we'll make an announcement there. Thanks, Cole. You take care. Cars Yeah! is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!